We're hitting the road with RV Dream Radio's podcast. Hello, my name is Bob Hamilton, and I'm a longtime RVer and producer of RV Dream Radio as well as RV video documentaries. I am joined by RV manufacturing and dealer veteran Jim Eberhardt, as well as my wife and partner Pamela Hamilton, and special guests. This week's special guests include Joel Holland, head of the wonderful boondocking company Harvest Hosts, and longtime RVer Cayenne Graham, who will talk about RVing as a single woman. The RV Dream podcast is for RVers, and especially those who dream of becoming RVers. Hello, and thanks for joining us. We need to tell them a little bit about why we're doing this and how this came about. We were having breakfast one morning, and my friend Jim Everhart and I, we've been friends almost 20 years now. Yeah, we have Hard to believe. And uh, Jim is from the RV industry, and I know how to spell RV. Uh, <laughs> so that was compatible right there. And we were talking about how wherever we are, if we tell people we're RVing, there's always two or three people there that say, oh, I've always dreamed about doing that, getting in an RV and going on the road, that's right? That's right. And that's kind of where we started. And, and so this RV Dream podcast is really geared toward people who dream about it. Uh, you know, those who are doing it, of course, living the dream, but also the newbies that are out there. Yes. People. And there's a lot of people who haven't done it who are not sure how it works, actually. That is correct. And it is the biggest thing that I found when I was in the RV business, uh, sort of semi-retired now, is that people come in and they want to get an RV. They want the lifestyle. They want the freedom of just getting up and going, stopping where they want to go. But it's a big decision to make. And a lot of people just don't know where or how to go about buying a new RV. I have to tell you a quick little story of this. I was coming at, we were staying at Pillar Point where we were, doing RVing the uh, Bay Area DVD and I walked out of the door and was walking over to the, to the office for something and this lady was coming up and, and, and I said, oh, she looked kind of lost. I said, can I help you? Do you, do you need some help? And she said, it, what is all of this? Do people actually spend the night in these things? So there's a lot of people who don't really understand anything about RVing. That is correct. That's true. That is correct. I can tell you story after story of uh, um, the major thing that I tried to do is when people came in to me is do an interview with them to find out what they're looking for. And I found out that uh, over almost 25% of the RVers on the road today are women, which my colleagues in the business, which I hate to say are mainly men, overlook the fact that uh, the young women coming in I say we're all young, um, are looking for something for themselves, and they just don't want to spend time with them. Well, that's part of the reasons you, you really latched on to Class B's. Yes, exactly right. So, so tell people that are that are listening out there the first in the first place, you're saying it depends on what they're looking for. That could be anything from, I'm going to live in it and that's go full-timing. Right. Or I just want to take the kids out once a year or whatever it may be, right? That's correct. So that would make a difference in what you're going to buy and, and how much money you have in your pocket, too. It's called lifestyle. What type of lifestyle you want to use it? I have Everybody has a different story of what they want. Some people have come in and said to me that for 10 years they've thought about this. 
they've dreamed right. about the fact that right. they want to get up and go see this beautiful country of ours. One of my favorite stories was a, a widow that came in with her family to look at the buying an RV because she wanted to go out and see this country. Her and her husband talked about it their whole life, and he didn't make it long. She says, I'm going to I'm going to have my dream. And the kids are there trying to talk her out of it. And she turned to the children and said, listen, this is what I want to do. If you think I'm saving this money for you, you're crazy. Right. I'm not going to stay home and and be your babysitter for your kids. I'm going out and enjoy myself. Right. And then I did, of course, I just smiled because so many people have dreamed about this and don't know how easy it is. And it's so much fun. I've been in every state except the state of Maine and the state of Alaska. Those are my two left, every state in the Union. And every place you go, South Carolina, upper state, uh, upper Michigan, uh, the Keys, you name it. This is one of the most beautiful places. You, it, People who come here from Holland and Germany and places go, oh my God, I had no idea. It doesn't matter. Even the high plains of Kansas has its own beauty, I think. Yes, and I think what... We found out when my wife and I took our first trip, you sort of have ideas of what you want to go see, what items you want to look at. But when you get to an RV park and you start talking to the locals, they said, well, have you seen this? Have you seen this? We don't know anything about it. Because right. It's local. Right. And, and I told everybody that came in to see me, you will never be able to see this whole country. Okay, Jim, let's take a quick break for news headlines. Then we'll come back and break down the kind of RVs we're talking about. RV Dream. Now here are the RV Dream top news stories. French company Rapido has been approved to assume all the assets of bankrupt Roadtrek and will reportedly resume manufacturing the Class B vehicle next month in Cambridge, Ontario. Rapido, which makes RVs for Europe, says it hopes to have 100 employees at its headquarters by the end of summer and believes it will eventually grow to 200 people working there. Latest economic news in the RV industry shows that sales have taken a slight dip for the first time since the recession bottomed out in 2008. Sales at the start of 2019 were down over 4% from 2017, and first quarter showed sales trending still slightly down. 88% of the sales are towables. The big news is that RV sales tripled from the disaster year of 2008 and now there are reportedly more than 78.8 million households in the U.S. that camped out at least once last year. The RV world gets a boost with a positive theme in the huge Toy Story 4 movie released at the end of June. The animated characters take a road trip in an RV. To tie in with the movie, Thor RV and Go RVing tie in to send an actual Toy Story 4 RV across the country to promote the movie and RVing. And a Canadian RVer is being hailed as a hero after mechanical issues caused his Class A RV to careen out of control as it sped down a hill at a ferry loading dock in Tadoussac, Quebec. 40-year-old Eric Bala laid on his horn and tried crashing into the side fencing to avoid pedestrians and stop the RV. Unfortunately, the RV toppled over the hill and crashed into the back of a departing ferry, narrowly missing passengers. Malak was killed and a 40-year-old female passenger was seriously injured and is in critical condition at a local hospital. Those are the top news stories for the RV Dream podcast. Well, when they come in, one of the things you're, you're very 
adept at taking the RV experience and adapting it to the kind of person, what, what the person wants. You and I were talking about how people are confused by A, B, C, That's correct. travel trailer, fifth wheel, all that. Can you explain that a little bit for the yeah, newbies that are listening to us out there? Class A, and the best way to explain that to newbies or anybody listening, a Class A looks like a bus, a regular Greyhound bus. That's a Class A. That's what they look like. And it's anywhere from what to what? It's about 22 wise. feet to 45 feet long. Yeah, now Class B is like... Um, the road track. A road tra- well, it's like a road track or pleasure way. They take a cargo van, a regular cargo van, and make it into a motorhome. So if you leave, and that's the most popular one, because you can, you can park it anywhere. Right. You can park it in a city street. Now the next. I always one. say with my road trick, I'm an RV when I want to be, and when they don't allow RVs, I, I go on through. Yeah, well, you don't think about it is when, you know, if the B market is what I specialized in for the last 12 years. Before that, I did the A's and the B's and the C's. But let's quickly go through the B's because the B's started off around 17 feet to 24 feet. Now, a standard parking place on a city street is 22 feet. So most of the uh, small bees will park on the city street. Now, what does that mean to people? Well, example, my wife's in the antique business. We can pull along right in front of an antique shop and load up the whatever she buys instead of having to find some parking lot carried all the way out there. Now, Class B is more of a, a nimble vehicle. It's easy to go anywhere with. You can get in any federal park in the United States. Plus, it's not a vehicle that you just use on weekends. No. For me, my road trek always was uh, when Pamela and I, she, we would go shopping, and That's she right. was in Target after the first five minutes. I would go back out into the into the road trek and take a nap. Yeah, well, you can on a Class B, because I don't want, you know, road trek was the biggest name, right. but there's so many other ones out there now. Let's do the others. Class C. C. Tell us. All right, now, if you can imagine a a truck, they put a box on top of it. And use that's the one you usually see it with a bed over the top of the of the cab. It always has a bed over the top. Not it? always because that's a B plus. You can oh. get a entertainment center up there. Yeah, okay. So most of them will have a C. But they have something over the cab. Yes, they have something over the cab. And that that is the one that'll sleep six to eight people. So and that's you, usually uh, lengthwise from twenty four to 31. While we're um, talking about cab overs, you have truck campers. That's too. right. What's the difference between the Class C and the truck camper? Well, truck camper is your camper shell. It comes off. Right. So you might have to you back into that and lower it into the back of your truck. And you can and take that off and put it in the back. Take it off and you got your truck. And that's another lifestyle. And you also have the toy haulers. Yeah, but before you leave those yeah. truck campers... I've been in some of those, and, and they're not to be poo-pooed. They're some pretty amazing. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're un, and so now it's become, back in the old days, it was you and and three of your heavy friends. Right. Today, it's all just automatic. It's all power. They have power jacks. So easy to do. Right. And you have your, tr- your truck, your pickup, throughout the week, too. Yeah, you just got to make sure, if you're going to go that route, that you make the your to- your heavy, it's not too heavy for your truck. Yes, right. But they've become more and more lightweight, haven't they? Yes, they have. Yeah. But so they're bigger. They that's have true slide of everything. They, everything. Even, they everything. even have slide-outs in them now, where they never did before. Right, 
Right. Yeah, they're pretty fancy. That's basically the RVs. Are we missing anything? A, well, B, C. Well, they're just on the motorhomes. That's it. A, I call them the Class A. That looks like your bus. Your B is the cargo van. A C is a truck with a cab over the top. To be confusing a little bit, if you get a B plus, that's between a B and a C. The only difference is over the cab, instead of having a bed, you have an entertainment center. Right. Gotcha. And that's the only difference. Okay, so now we're into the what they call the quote-unquote towables. Towable, yes. Right, and so we have a trailer, travel trailer. Travel trailer, teardrops. And, and ta- oh. travel trailers can be from what to what? They could be really big. Yeah. Well, they can be up to 35 or, feet long. Or, or we saw longer. one yesterday. It looked like it was about three feet, right? Yeah, these, really you can see the little, they're called teardrops. They're little small little trailers that you can pull behind a small car. Right. And they're very, they're very popular, but they got a bed inside of it and a kitchen outside. They're really... They're great. If it's for younger couples, there's no bathrooms usually in those. Right. Now it's usually if I've ever seen a teacher, no, I can see a bathroom in a teardrop. No, you're not going to. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> young kids, it's fine. Yeah, but it's uh, over people like a bathroom. The downside is that you have to have a vehicle that will tow that travel. Exactly. Trailer, but they have become lighter and lighter and lighter. They have, and that's why you make sure that. I mean, most dealership will not sell it to you if your truck can't pull it. And. And the downside also is you have to put a, whatever your vehicle may be, you have to put a hitch on the back of that Exactly. Vehicle. And, to, and that and, hitch can come on and off. And trailer brakes. That's right. the trailer brakes. And Good lighting people. The, there's a pros and cons because a lot of people like a towable because they can, when they go to an RV park, they can dis, take it apart, leave it there, and go sightseeing and come back. Right. That's what and, people like about trailers. And they've, they've gotten really inexpensive, too. Yes, they have. So that's a good way to start if you don't have very much money. That's exactly right. And then the other one is a toy hauler. And that's where the front part of it is a living space. And the back is a cargo area where you put your motorcycles, your quads, whatever you want in the back. You drive, tow, you drive it up to wherever you're going to go, unload your motorcycles or quads, and, and you've got a place to live and take your toys with you. Right. Then there's the fifth wheel. Fifth wheel? Now, a lot of people don't understand the fifth wheel means that the tra- it doesn't hook on the back of your bumper. It hooks in the middle of the bed of your truck. That's a lot. I personally have had all of them, uh, trailers. I've had a teardrop. I've had a fifth wheel. And I've had a trailer. If I was ever going to go back to them again, I would go to a fifth wheel. To me, they're a lot safer when you have that. Easy to tow. Yes, very easy to tow. But you got the weight on the middle of your axle in the big instead of on the back of your bumper. Right. But that's a personal opinion. Um, yeah, but it is. That's why people do it. It's easier yes. to easier to manipulate down the, and it is safe. Exactly right. Problem is, you have to put that thing in the middle of your yes. truck. Yes, that's called the fifth wheel. Right. Is that is that come off? Easier? You can take them out. Yes, you it's can. It's easy to take it. Yes. So did we cover all of them? That should be all there is. Now I have. We. T- I just want to interject. We did see a Class A that had a um, toy hauler back yes, you can get into the, it as well. So some of them combined, right? Yeah, very few of those are out there, though. There's a couple of manufacturers. I believe Thor is one of them. that builds it where you can have a motorhome up front. Same same concept, and but you can put your quads your, or your motorcycles in the back. Right. 
So and they come with generators and gas tanks, by the way. They come with so you can refuel your equipment. There's so much to talk about with an RV, isn't there? There is. So that's ABC travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops. Well, did we miss anything? Yeah, let me ask. For, a lot of people say, when are they going to come out with uh, electric motorhomes? Right. At this time, then, that I know, I haven't heard anything about it, but I would say it's probably in the, in the future because people want to go uh, for the uh, climate change. They want to, or they're worried about the combustion engine, but I don't know of anybody working on it yet. Well, you sent me a new, the new Mercedes, which fit, uh, works off AA batteries. Yeah. We only, it only needs like $9,000 batteries, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> and then you get an alarm every time a battery goes bad. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. 9,000 batteries going. The, my favorite is the dirigible. I want an RV dirigible. I want to be able to sit down someplace and then when I want to go somewhere, I want to, I want to fly to my next place. Yeah, Are right. they working on that? No, that's yet. <laughs> so we're so happy today on RV Dream to have a very special guest, Joel Holland. And he is the head of a wonderful new program out there. I guess it's been around for a while, but it's just really become, people really know about it right now, called Harvest Toast. Joel, thanks for joining us on RV Dream today. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, it's an honor to be here. You've been doing this a while, haven't you? I have been doing this a while, I'm afraid. So <laughs> so uh, uh, let's start with what Harvest Toast is for people who may not know. Yes. So uh, Harvest Hosts is a, a unique RVing experience. We basically are a membership club that invite RVers to stay for free at 1,000 wineries, breweries, farms, museums, and golf courses all around North America. And so if you have a membership to our group, uh, you can look these you know amazing places up online, uh, visit them and stay overnight for free uh, in return for supporting the hosts that you visit. Tell me a little bit of your background, Joel, you, uh, and, and uh, also what brought you to Harvest Toast? What motivated you to want to own this company? Sure, sure. So I grew up in Virginia, and um, I started a video technology company there, and I ran it for a number of years in the Washington, D.C. area. And I enjoyed building the company, but it got to a pretty large size, about 100 employees, um, a lot of responsibility, and after about, you know, after a number of years of running it, I kind of hit a wall where I was just um, tired of living in a big city, uh, you know, tired of the grind of having to go to an office every day. And so I turned to my wife and I said, you know, we, we don't have to be here. Um, we don't have kids yet. What if we uh, hit the road and tried, you know, tried uh, the RV lifestyle and just see if that road tripping thing, you know, has something to it. And we really did it on a whim. We rented an RV. Uh, went up to Nova Scotia first and RV'd around Cape Breton Island. And it was a really, really fun experience. Um, even though we were in this piece of garbage rental RV that kept breaking on us and it smelled bad. And, you know, in spite of that bad rental experience, we had such a nice time RVing that we came back to Virginia and we purchased a fifth wheel. And this was now, you know, this is now about four or five years ago. We set out to just explore. And we had no real destination and no real time frame. We just wanted to see how long we could go before we got bored. And next thing you know, we'd RV'd through all the lower 48, had a wonderful time, and we weren't ready to stop. So that was how we came across Harvest Hosts, because 
we did get a little bored from time to time staying at um, traditional campgrounds. And, and, you know, traditional campgrounds are great and they serve a great purpose. Not all of them are the same. Some are really nice and some are more parking lot-esque. So we thought, hey, man, we're driving by all these vineyards and these farms. Wouldn't that be nice to stay there uh, and enjoy that scenery, enjoy those products? That's how we found out about Harvest Hosts and became members and started staying at Harvest Host locations. Fell in love with it and um, ended up buying the company from Don and Kim Green, the original founders who started it nine years ago. And um, that was back in 2018. So it's been a really fun transition and it's been really fun running the company since then. So I, I see uh, great visibility with Harvest Toast right now. You have some really great spots that come up on my YouTube channel now. Uh, those animations, well done. Nice. Did you do those? For the, the did you create? Yeah, those? is it? it yep. Yeah, so is it the um, with the drone video yeah. flying over the farm? Yeah, animations, but they're really, yeah. really cool. Is it, yeah. uh, it since the day you took over till now? Is it growing? Have you grown uh, the number of locations you have out there? We have, yes. So right now we are adding um, almost two locations every day. And so one of the things that, one of the first things I did was hire uh, a team of um, customer service and host recruiters. And so we now have a dedicated head of host relations, Dawn, and she um, every day is reaching out to member suggestions and inviting these locations to join us. Um, She's also reaching out to locations that look like they'd be a great part of the program. And so we're, we're yes, we're doing a very concentrated effort um, to bring on many, many more hosts, uh, but, th- but that are nice, you know, and complementary to the program. RVers, uh, just uh, you can go to the website and everything is really explained there, but it basically works. You pay $79 for the basic program, and then you stay free at these places. You don't really have to. There's no particular cost, but there's also no hookups at most of those places as well. Am That's I, right. Yep, right? yep. You are absolutely right. It's more, you know, it's it's the boondocking experience at its best is how I would describe it. So when I think of um, bad boondocking, I think of parking in a Walmart parking lot because, you know, yes, it's somewhere to stay or a rest stop. You know, yes, it's somewhere to stay, but it's not scenic. They don't feel that safe all the time. It can be loud. There can be, you know, uh, people around you that you don't know. With Harvest Toast, you're boondocking, but you're on a farm, right? You're on a beautiful farm. You know you're safe. There's typically maybe one or two other RVers there with you. Great community. Uh, Everyone's there enjoying the same thing. So I like to say it's boondocking at its best, but you are correct. No hookups. It's it's like organized boondocking is the way way I was looking at it. It's like boondocking, but we, we know that we have a spot. So... You just you go online as a member and you call the number of the place that you say, hey, that would be great. I want to stay there. Is that, that the way it works? Absolutely. Yep. And there's a, there's a few different ways to find hosts. Um, we have a great app for the iPhone. We have an app for Android. Um, and we have a website. And so using any of those, you can search by location. So like I'm in Vail, Colorado. I can just you know search nearby and it'll show me all the hosts in my area. I can also search by state. So if I say, all right, I'm in Colorado, let's see what's around Colorado. Um, or you can search by route. So I can say, okay, I'm going from Vail to Charlottesville, Virginia. Let's see what's along that route. And we'll pop all those little hosts right on the map. And then, like you said, you might see a farm that's in Kansas. You click on it, pull up that host page, look at some of the photos and the reviews that other members have posted. 
uh, and then give them a call and say, hey, I'm Bob Hamilton. I would love to come stay with you tomorrow. Uh, is that okay? And typically they say, come on in, Bob. Right. And uh, and when you're there, you know, one of the things you do is you encourage people if you're staying uh, at a at a business or whatever it may be to go in and buy something from them. They don't charge you anything for staying there. Exactly right. Yep. They charge nothing to stay there. Um, we don't charge them anything to be in the program, and we also don't pay them to be in the program. And so it really is one of these, uh, what I like to describe as a win-win-win situation. So our members win because they're staying at these wonderful locations. We ask them to take a percentage of the money that they're saving from staying at a traditional campground and give it back to the host by purchasing some nice wine or some fresh produce, some fresh asparagus. And uh, that way that, you know, you're, lo- you're supporting that local business, which is much appreciated. It's, uh, I- I'm sure you're aware of this, but I've long known about that kind of model down in New Zealand and Australia and even a bit in, Aus- in, uh, in Europe, at various places in Europe, uh, caravanning in those places. It's really not a new idea down there. They don't really have RV parks. They have farms. Uh, are you aware of that? Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. And in fact, I believe Don and Kim, uh, the, the original founders of Harvest Hosts, I believe they got the idea for the program after traveling in New Zealand and Europe. Right. right. So uh, I grew up in Oklahoma, and we, uh, fa- we had family farms in those days. All those family farms have now been sort of bought up by corporate farms, that is one of the drawbacks to the whole idea of staying in farming. But on the other hand, along the California coast now, we have a lot of young people who are doing uh, their own uh, organic farms of some kind. And I would assume those would be that organic farm thing is growing around the country. Uh, am yes. I right? You're aware of that? You, yeah, you're absolutely right. And what I love about it is that those are exactly the types of farmers who are excited to share their products and share their uh, their experience with new people, and so it's it's you know it's nice to be able to say hey, check out this great group of RVers. They're going to love what you're creating. And I've I've found they're very willing for you to go on out and help in the farm and the in the field if you want to while you're there. Oh yeah, they'll yeah. put you to work if you want to go to work. <laughs> right, exactly. So so it's a wonderful idea. I have a I have been RVing for some time myself, and we we just finished. Uh, nine years of full-time RVing, uh, and uh, the years have gone on. And one of the things that motivated us to not do it anymore was RV parks. And mm. I, there are some friendly, nice RV parks, but I'm thinking when I talk to RVers, in, and I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of RVers, and they say, I say, well, what, what do you like about RVing? They said, well, I get out of the city, and I get out in the country, and I, and I get away from all the hubbub and traffic and everything. And that seems to be the most important thing, the freedom that they get from RVing. But then they go to an RV park and the diesel trucks are running and the kids are upset with their parents and, and you have more noise in the RV parks. And then there's, so, there's not enough of them. We have record numbers of sales of RVs right over the last three or four years and not record numbers of RV parks. So it's like it's don't you think it's hitting a wall now where RV parks are not the place to go? And like you said, there's some good ones. We don't want to talk bad, bad about them, but, but uh, I don't want to stay in them anymore. They're not the, I'm, I'm in an apartment in Monterey and it's much quieter than any RV park and I'm <laughs> yeah. downtown. You know? Well, I think you're absolutely right. The, the amount of time you have to spend today researching where you're going to go 
and where you're going to stay, uh, it's very important because um, I know when I started RVing years ago, I would just from the road, I'd pick a, you know, I'd pick an RV park on the way and just show up. I think that's a little risky now because yeah. you're right. Like some of them are downright awful. Um, and then some are quite pleasant and quite beautiful. And so we do a lot of research um, either through the good Sam tool uh, with a rating system, you know, you, you look for those 10, 10, 10 parks with the good bathrooms, the good uh, facilities and the good, you know, um, ambiance, I guess. But, but you no, know, you're absolutely right. With more RVers on the road today, uh, it's more important than ever to be able to find a place that you want to go um, and relax. You know, and, and I think that's what RVing is about. It's about freedom and relaxing. And if you get to a place at the end of the day and it's not relaxing, you've kind of ruined it. I see those pictures you have on your website of the big class A RV in the middle of the winery. And I think, there you go. That's, that was the whole concept there. That was the dream. That's right. Not not jammed up four feet away from another RV uh, who, who, who may be a renter who doesn't know you don't need to run your generator in the middle of the night. (laughs) Right. As as does happen on, on, on occasion. The other thing that's happening is the prices along the, along the Pacific coast a uh, hundred dollars a night is not uh, unheard of. Most of these places are near a hundred dollars a night. Uh, yeah, I, I stayed in Malibu for over two hundred dollars a night last year. Right, the Malibu <laughs> I was like, RV I, park. Yeah, I was like, I could go to a hotel for cheaper, right. <laughs> a nice hotel. Right, and it makes no sense, does it? It's a, it's a strange thing that's happening. But we are, we are, the manufacturers in Indiana are just pouring these babies out there with no thought about where are we going to park these guys. Yep. Where are yep. these guys going to be? Well, yep. the bottom line is uh, for this is uh, what can we do to help? All of us listening out here, all the people listening out here, you expect this to grow big, obviously, much bigger than it is right now. Am I right? Yes. And I think as long as we can continue growing um, both sides, you know, the, the, the hosts, the host locations, as well as membership and keep them both in balance, then, oh yes, I would love to see this program much larger because I genuinely think it benefits everyone involved. The members enjoy it. The hosts enjoy it. Um, and of course I enjoy it because it's a, it's a really fun business to run. Is the pressure more on finding hosts than it is finding members? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think I focus more on, um, host recruitment than membership recruitment. Because I think if you have a world-class network of great places to stay, the members will follow. And and conversely, you know, if you have tons of members that know where to go, the, the system falls apart. One of the things that's happening right now that I've discovered is the Walmart used to be the, the place you could pretty much, you know, if you were on the road and you just have to park. Uh, but there's, there's more and more pressure against the Walmarts of the world by generally by local RV parks, not to let people park in those places. So you, you must be running into uh, some of those laws that have been passed to, as far as boondocking is concerned. Am I right? You know, occasionally, but, but I think this is why we're very careful uh, to only allow one night stays. We say this is not you know, this is not camping. It's not, um, there are no hookups. You really are just parking for the night in a nice location um, at a business that is already zoned for business. And so it's really not breaking any rules. Um, and I think what's more important is we, we play very nicely with RV parks because as we bring more people to an area, 
right? Like I'll use, you know, Kansas as an example. We have a couple of wonderful hosts in Kansas. Well, now we have thousands of RVers who are seeing these places and going to these places that they wouldn't have gone before. And there are no hookups. That means once they leave the boondocking, they need to go to a campground where they can hook up, dump their, you know, dump the tanks, get some air conditioning. So we actually end up bringing more business to local campgrounds around our harvest host locations. And so I think that the campgrounds are, are understanding that um, and they're not pushing back because it's actually good for their business. Like when we put a harvest host near a campground, the campground does better. Right. Gotcha. So if, a, if people want to help you, they can go to the website and you have a, a link there where they can send you a message. Any other thing that the RVer can do to help you grow? Yeah. You know, um, we love, you know, we love any help we can get recruiting new hosts. So, you know, if there's a, if there's a location that you personally love and you think it would be a great, um, member, you know, a, a great part of her, uh, the harvest host program, let us know. And we actually have a little host recruitment program where we'll pay a hundred dollars to anybody who brings us a qualified host who signs up for the program. And, and we love that because it's valuable for us. We love to say thank you for your hard work of helping us get these hosts on board. And at the end of the day, you know, the, you know, the 1000 hosts we work with, they enjoy the program. You know, it brings them traffic. It brings them business. Uh, the first thing they all say is it brings them really wonderful people. And it really is. It's a people business. Um, but, you know, in addition to you know, smiles and handshakes, it's good for the local business. So if you're listening, and you know, of a local business that you think could uh, have room for RVers to stay overnight. Yeah, please let us know. We would love to love to bring them on board. Golf courses. I don't know if you mentioned them a while ago, but I love the idea that you had golf. I, I have a joke about uh, people who who go, I go, you you went from a 32-footer to a 45-footer. Why did you do that? And they go, I needed room for my golf clubs. Uh, <laughs> golfing and RVing has a, has a camaraderie as well. So golf courses are a good place for hosts. They're a great place because when I think about your, your, your standard golf course, they're always beautiful settings and they have lots of room and they typically have very large parking lots. And so, yes, we have, we have over 350 golf courses now in the program and they've been um, popular. And I think for a good reason, you know, golf courses are like wineries. You know, they're never going to be ugly, right? Right, right. Exactly. No, no, exactly. Beautiful and quiet and, and wonderful. Anything else that we should uh, talk about that uh, we haven't uh, discussed here, Joel? No, I think this has been great. You know, I, I we love the RV community. Um, my wife and I are running this business because we really enjoy it. And yeah, I think that, you know, this is just the beginning of, a, of some exciting things to come. But as we grow the program, uh, we're always going to be focused on making sure hosts and members are happy at the same time because they're both, you know, equally important to the program. Right. A lot of those hosts are RVers themselves, too, I, I assume. Yeah. That's and right. So yep. They understand that and they're happy to see other RVers come. Right. And all, most 99 uh, percent of RVers I've met are really nice people, too. I know. I, I'm with you. It's It's got to be one of the most pleasant communities of people in the world. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Great to meet you. And uh, and uh, we're here to support you at RV Dream any way we can. Thank you, Bob. Thanks very much, Joel Holland, for being on RV Dream New Radio. Okay, Jim. We brought a special guest with you today. Yes, I did. And I would like you to introduce her. Thank you very much for being here, by the way. My pleasure. I want you to introduce her and tell us a little bit about her, well, and then I'll ask her some questions. Sure. Kay Ann and I have been friends, and her husband, John, who 
has been gone for a while now. How long has it been? Nine years. Nine years. It just seemed like it's yesterday. Sean and Ken came to see me how many years ago? Oh, 25. 25 years ago. <laughs> and we were laughing about it coming down here because they would come in all the time looking. They were typical RVers. They're, they're going to retire in a few years. And they were doing their research. We sold them. We had the, we had the country coach. Mm-hmm. That was a Class A, right? Class A. Class A. 32-footer at the time. When John passed away, she decided to step down to something smaller. And she got into a road trek and been with road treks, Class B motorhomes ever since. You didn't say, I'm going to stop RVing. You're not full-timing. No. You um, have a home. But when my husband passed away, I thought that was it. I sold the Class A tow car and uh, thought, that that's it. That's the well, end of that lifestyle. Right. And uh, But my friend here said, uh-uh, you've been doing that too long. <laughs> we didn't even say her name, did we? Okay, yeah. And your I'm last K- name? I'm K. Ann Graham. Graham. Okay, there we go. <laughs> We're new at this. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so I'm we sorry. started off, we went into the sliding pickup camper, did that for a number of years, looking at retirement. Like Jim said, we in and out, in and out. What do we want? A, B. Was the idea to just take it and go, go full time? Yeah. Well, one of the things, my husband and I, we were very active in the state park system. We were both docents. Okay. In a state park, okay, and uh, which is an educated Volunteers. guide, educated guide. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you. take tours of the park or whatever. Right. And um, our objective was to get a motorhome that would we could live in at a national park and be hosts, or work in the shops or volunteers or whatever. And that was. What did you do for a living? Uh, I was a high school teacher. Okay. And my husband was uh, with IBM. Right, you just both loved camping. We yeah, well from the, and the outdoors. The day we were married, we were out. <laughs> we were gone. Right. Yeah. And so what is it about it that you like? And, and both of you, what did both of you like? It was getting away from hustle and bustle. Gotcha. Like the trees. Um, I was raised here in the redwoods since day one. Here being. Uh, here being in Santa Cruz, uh, Watsonville, okay. you know, this area of the coast. So right. it, this is home, and uh, it's just natural to be out. Right. And so my husband, when he got out of the Air Force and we met, it was like, okay, we're going to be out. <laughs> so, right. But yeah. he, was, uh, he worked for IBM. He, he worked for IBM. Yeah. Programmer for IBM. Yeah. And you were you taught school where in Santa Cruz? I, uh, no, in uh, Campbell. In Campbell. Yeah, by San Jose. Right. Yeah. Well, on weekends, you guys would when you started RVing, then weekends you'd take off. We'd take off, and as soon as the bell rang <laughs> to end the school day, yeah, whoop, we were gone. Right. <laughs> and See then as, as soon as uh, the last day of school, you know, we had something planned, and we would be gone. We did two trips to Alaska. Uh, in our motorhome, our truck and camper, and then motorhome, and uh, we just went. And so when your lifestyle changed and you said, I'm not going to do it anymore, you talked to Jim, and Jim said, You're, You, you can't be- stop. No. <laughs> you no, can't okay. stop. You and can't so do. you bought a Class B. I bought a little uh, little road trek. Right. Um, and the, the Agile. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got myself a dog. <laughs> and we started traveling and I knew how to do it it was just doing it 
and with a little encouragement here, shoving me out the door. Yeah. <laughs> well, did it, were you a little bit apprehensive to be to begin with? No, because I knew what I was doing. You by this time, yeah, yeah, through our lives of going through the camper and the motorhome and all that stuff, it was just being more self-reliant. Today, you've got, did you say your third? I'm on my third road trek. Road trek. Yeah. What do you do now? Do you just take off for the weekends, or are you off I, longer trips? Have you retired from teaching? Uh, yes, I'm retired okay. from teaching, but I do have my own uh, little business. Well, what and is it? It's a um, little graphic services business. I do business cards, uh, flyers, menus. She does all my work, all my... <laughs> Brochures, handouts, yeah. and draw. Right. Yeah. So I'm going right. always, okay, and when are you leaving again? So I have to get her work done before she leaves. <laughs> when you go out now, you will go for two months? Oh, yeah. And where do you go? Well, just to give you an example, last summer uh, I went coast to coast, put on over 8,000 miles, and um, Puppy and I had a good time. Did you we, stay in RV parks? Uh Boondocking, RV, RV parks. I was traveling... Um, Contiguously with my cousin, who's in uh, uh, Mini Winnie, and uh, he likes uh, Walmart. I don't. Well, you had a caravan. Yeah, well, <laughs> two a <mini> of us. <laughs> or I'll meet you at five over here. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> These kinds of things. That's great. Yeah, and uh, How Cracker much fun Barrel. Was that? Cracker Barrel was for me a known, and he didn't know anything about uh-huh. it, and so I introduced him to that. And so you stayed the night in the Cracker Barrel yeah, parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. And those are really nice. The thing I want to hear from you is, as a single woman, your fear level and your safety concerns. Mm-hmm. What is it like being a single woman on the road? Um, I, I am not f- a fearful person. Because I think if you think things through, you do the, make the, usually the right decisions. It's like if there's not a good place to go, you go to the Cracker Barrel. Um, you check ahead with uh, law enforcement or whatever if you can stay at a roadside area or at a rest stop. Depends on the state, right? De- state and what the signs say. Read the signs. Mm-hmm. And a, another friend of mine said, we were talking about boondocking, and I said, well, I'm getting into it. You know, BLM, you can get BLM parking and right. so forth, which is really, really super. Um, and I'm, I'm getting into that. Um, the big thing is, don't be fearful, but if your gut is telling you this is not the right place to be, leave. Leave. Right. And you can, you can cheerfully camp in the parking lot of a hospital. You can back in. Make sure you're out in the morning at a timely hour. Don't stay three days. But it's a safe place to go because you've got police officers. You know, you might have helicopters going security. in and out. But there is security. Um, and they also, at some hospitals, actually have facilities because people do park there right. to, to tend to their patients. But do if you... you do you ahead. see uh, other single women on the road? And if so, do you try to approach... Uh, Make oh yeah, with them. I have lots of friends who are single women. Right. Some of them full timers, have you know the big journeys um, by themselves. Uh, by themselves, they're full timers. Um, I have a lot of friends who are you know two gals in a in a road trek two ten who are you know they're I see them all the time, 
we go to the Road Trek International events. So any other tips that you could give single women? First of all, if somebody's thinking about getting into it, well, I told Fred, I said, get your wheels on. <laughs> get your wheels on because it's a lifestyle where you meet incredibly wonderful people, right. have great adventures, um, see this beautiful country like we've been talking about, um, discovering things that you didn't even know were there. And I another thing that I would just in passing recommend is don't not do some of the companies who do tours. Like, I'm an avid uh, fantasy RV tour person. I've done 13 or 14 trips with them. Oh, right. So you do part of your trip is on your own. You name your own schedule. Then you get to the beginning point of the tour, and then you do the tour, and then you get yourself home. And it's like a combination, the best of two worlds. You're on your own, and you have something guided. And a lot of times I've found... On those tours, they know where things are, and they can do you know set up appointments um, for you to visit some place, special museum, um, meals, plays. I mean, it's get you on ferries where you wouldn't know how to get on a ferry, so you can right you get it done on the right time and safely. Yeah, there's nothing worse than coming back from. South Carolina or someplace, and somebody says, "Oh, you were near Charleston. Did you see?" Yeah, and, go, and you say, "No, oh, I oh, had no, no idea." <laughs> yeah, the tours will take the care tours of that. take care of that, and they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the leaders so you've are done great. A bunch of those. I've done a lot of them. Anybody in particular we should recommend? Any uh, particular tour companies? Well, Fantasy RV Tours. Okay. Um, and SOI, the Sport Coach Internationals. I don't know, <laughs> but SOI. Okay. And the leader of SOI is um, Paul and Lisa Mitchell, and they are incredible wagon masters. Um, to be trusted. And for, that's, the, that's, for, the, for the newbies that are listening to us, one of the things that shocked me when I first did it, when I first took my first trip across the country, was how lovely everybody was. Absolutely. How, I mean, my first RV, first dump I had to do, and I didn't know what that meant, but I found out is there were six people over that I'd never met who were there to help me. Yeah. That's the thing that we really should pass along to yeah. oh, it's, people that are thinking It's about. a real community, and everybody helps. Remember when you were teaching and you had, every year you had that two or three shiny faces <laughs> in your group who yeah. couldn't wait to learn a little bit more? I figure all those little shiny faces became our viewers. Oh, yeah. I think the most interesting people are the most interested people. People, and and they're extreme actives. Amazes me that people are ready to get up and go to Newfoundland. Yeah. Have you ever been to Newfoundland? Yes. No. Do you know anybody in Newfoundland? (laughs) No. But you're going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I want to see Newfoundland. Yeah. Uh, I want to no go to fear. Prince Edward Island. Why? Because <laughs> right. they grow a lot of potatoes there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly right. We're, and, and there is a division, I think, between the passive and the active person. And yeah. RVers are really active. Yeah. Because yeah. they're interested in the world and, and want to experience the adventure. You get your wheels on. <laughs> there is one word that, that coincides with the word RV, and that's freedom. Yes. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. You get the feeling that, hey, I'm out of here. 
Yep. Bell rang, I'm gone. Yep. That's always been, and it's that feeling of freedom, isn't it? Getting out of Dodge. Getting <laughs> yeah, out of Dodge. <laughs> Do you have anything uh, to add to this whole idea of uh, uh, that maybe we didn't talk about as far as women being out on the road and, uh, and, and what you've learned? Because you've helped a lot of them, particularly with road trips. Yeah, um, I've... I've had a lot of women that come in to, uh, to look at RVs are really looking for someone to help them. And I think in my industry, that's one of the biggest uh, downfalls that a lot of salespeople have. Uh, the last two to three years that I was in the RV business, I was a, uh, a trainer. I trained salespeople. Right, right. And, uh, um, and I would find out that most... You went all over the country training sales. Yes, I did for one of the major RV companies. And I found out that most people don't learn to listen. If you listen to anybody, I don't care what you're doing, you'll understand what they're asking. And as a, as a consultant, where I consider myself, I was never selling anybody anything. I was consulting them to help them get the right RV for them. And a lot of ladies come in and, and are very strong women. A lot of the women I've met are successful business women, retired. A lot of them are, are getting ready to retire. And they just want to go see this country. Uh, they've lost their husband one way or the other. Most of the time it was by death, but not always. And they just want to just go out and enjoy this country. Freedom is the word is so important. The alternative is retired Got a little bit of money there, fine, you're okay for now. To sit on the front porch, yeah. rock in a rocking chair, and wait for the reaper to come by. That's exactly That's right. the alternative. Which right. one do you want? That's right. That's also fun when, when we're at a rally, and I'm in my road trek, and people come up and say, well, do you have a bathroom in there? And I say, yeah. yes, I have a bathroom, yeah. a shower, a kitchen, right. and a bed. Yeah. I have it all. You know, if it's a couple, they'll say, well, you know, we could do this. And it's a realization you don't have to have the biggies. That it can be right. a, a smaller and do what you want to do. Well, you you have to use your imagination. You have to see yourself doing it. Yeah. And so, where are you going to go next? I'm going down to a rally in Pismo Beach. And to, our wonderful friends at Pismo Coast Village. I absolutely, yes. absolutely. And then I'm going to be gone for about two months. I'm going up to Minot, North Dakota, to the hundredth anniversary of the FM. CA rallies, conventions, and I love their conventions. They're fantastic. You meet people, you take classes, you spend money at the vendors. So, Pamela, you made that point a minute ago. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about how we sound like a bunch of old people sitting and talking about that, but really the growth in RVing today is in with with, with young people, young and, people families. and families. I mean, we see young couples uh, like uh, even doing honeymoons, and because uh, we used to co-host at an RV park, uh, I was co-host for two years at a local RV park. Uh, lots of couples, families, babies. Uh, the one thing that was so cool about people traveling with very young children and infants 
was that the baby got used to sleeping in the same place every night um, and was able to sleep through the night. Better than a hotel. Better than a hotel where every night you got the commotion and they're sleeping someplace mm-hmm. different and everything else. So it was really worked really well for young families. Especially. Oh, so we're gonna we'll talk more about that when I have actually a better shot over this. <laughs> uh, but but we don't want to sound like. We're, this is the retirement right. podcast. Yeah, and you don't yeah. have to be retired, or you don't have to be this is not old. A, this, is, this is not an AARP meeting. Yeah, yeah. take yeah. a farewell <laughs> tour. Plus, yeah. the big secret here is everybody in this room is really 24 in it. In, in our brains. Yes. In, inside. And but, that really is probably true of a lot of our viewers. And just think about the, the things. A lot of other things, too, I also saw was a lot of grandparents with their grandchildren. And what wonderful memories those are. With grandma and grandpa right. or their families, so it's just something special. <clears throat> so, Jim, one of the reasons that you were the top salesperson for Road Trek for so many years, my theory, and I thought about this a lot, is that you made the person who walked in the door feel like you worked for them. That is correct for Road Trek. No, right? you worked for Road Trek. Uh, for a long time, and then you worked with what was the company you worked? With? I worked for the La, La, uh, last company I worked for was uh, La Mesa. La Mesa. You traveled all over the country. Yes, they had twelve stores around the country. But now we find ourselves here with at this current juncture, and one of the things you told me that you wanted to do was be, and I like to call it the Jim Everhart. You've got a friend in the RV business. Business. Yes. You people can call you, and you will serve as their agent in helping them pick out and choose an RV. Yes. And you're working for them. That's not exactly. For the, not, not for the, for the dealership deal. or your, your cut or whatever it might be. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing that customer out of now this. So if you have me, and the reason I say this is because I've thought about this for years. I know the RV industry. I know, I know how it works. I would get a commission from you the dealership would be paying nothing. So I'm not working for the dealership. I'm working for you. A little tip for people like this that I know. You might come in and you find an RV that you really like. And you call me or email me and say, here's the name of the vehicle I want. And it's called a stock number. They, they all have numbers. Every dealer has a number that they have for that vehicle. So they know which one it is. So you call me or email me and say, it's a... Uh, 24-foot Winnebago, and the stock number is this. Uh, I uh, They want $50,000, and I don't want to pay more than thirty. And I, that's that's a stretch. It's $20,000 different. So what I would do is i take that information. I would call the general manager of that dealership. I said, these people are interested in buying this one for $30,000. He'll say, they can't buy that. But I do have one. It's just like it that I've had it in inventory for over 200 days. I will sell them for 33 or 34 because they had. Now, people, this is industry stuff. The longer the dealership has it, the more they want to get rid of it. They're paying interest every single day. Right. So the longer they have it, the more money they got in. The less money they make on it. Exactly. Well, or you could call if they've got a local dealer and they're calling you from Altoona. And they're they're not getting what they want from that dealer. You could go back to the manufacturer as a person who's been in the business a long time, and ask the manufacturer 
Couldn't you do that for them as well? Well, you, the manufacturer can't sell them. Any, they can't sell Direct, them. but you might have another RV well, the, the in th- Charlotte or somewhere. Well, the thing that I recommend to any of my people, try to buy local. Right. Because what happens is, yes, a lot of people do this. Uh, I can tell you, for years people would come in, because I was very knowledgeable on my product. And they'd spend two hours with me, and then they'd buy it from another state. And then they bring it in for service. Well, guess what? The dealership will say, fine, you'll be, not, you'll be last in line. Great. Very good point. So That's a really good point. So if you buy local, uh, this, is, this is what I can encourage you. You might spend a little more. Oh, I've, I've had this. I can buy the same vehicle in uh, Detroit for right. $5,000, $10,000 less. Right. I said, well, time you fly out there. Oh, I got free tickets. Fine, you got to bring it back here. But when you come in to see us, our service department, first thing they're going to ask you, and they'll know anyway by the by the VIN number where you bought it, and they're going to say, "Well, I'm yeah, sorry, we're booked no up. We're them. we're booked up for two, two months. You know, we'll get you in about three months from now." Now I'm assuming there's going to be people from different states that are going to listen in my my email. I when I was doing this, I got emails and calls from all of the all the United States. I want to talk to me about my product right. that I knew like the back of my hand. Right. Uh, but that's okay. I don't. If you're living South Dakota, I don't care where you are. You call me, I'll still help you out because I can. T- you tell me the nearest dealer because I want you to buy local. It's better for the ma- the dealer wants you that you're going to get better service. So how's this going to work now? I'm in. I'm listening to this podcast in. Uh Key West, Florida, and I, I need some help. I want to get an RV. So I'm listening to this, and hopefully you're going to give me a phone number or an email address sure. here in a minute. And they contact Jim, and they want to talk to you about being their agent. Right. And so the first phone call, I guess, is free, right? Exactly. Uh, then how does it work after that? Well, the thing is, we, we, we know, it depends on what you're looking for. I think it'll have a sliding scale on a fee. Obviously, anybody listening to this knows that anybody's going to work for free. You better find out what's the gimmick. There's always nobody works for free, so I think a trader will be one price, a uh, motorhome will be another price. If anybody think about financing, it's something you better be know what you're finance, how much a month you can afford to pay. Motorhomes like buying a house. If you can go, most motorhomes will go 10, 12, 15, or 20 years. Right. You have a and the dealership. The shorter the term, the more payment is. You know, and they do not lease motorhomes. People ask me all the time, "Can I lease it?" Yeah, no. car leasing is a big deal these yeah. days. Yeah, car be, but not yeah. in the RV industry. Not RVs. So you can advise them on not only how to deal with that whole financing thing and make it so they're not getting screwed. Yes, I can give you advice. I don't want to become a, a free attorney because I'm not a practicing attorney. And I'm not a practicing CPA, but I can give you suggestions. Now let's talk about contact. How do, how do they get a hold of you if somebody's listening to this sure. and they need your help? How, how would they reach you? Well, my cell phone number is 831-588-4672. Now, remember, I'm on the West Coast, so I don't have the phone on till after uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, West Coast time. My email... I know a lot of people out there are not telephone people. I personally would request 
and I will not do everything over the email. I'll give you my email address for, for answering basic questions. But answering on the email is too long, and I really can't answer as thorough as I can by the phone. My email is very simple. James dot W dot Eberhardt. That's E-B-E-R-H-A-R-D-T at gmail.com. Okay, and there's a link to that on rvdream.com as well. Good. All right. People that get it, we'll have a link for that. Okay, so you've got a friend. Well, this has been really great. Thank you, Jim, Thank you. very much. Thank you very much for being with us. This is the RV Dream Podcast. Issue number Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of IncomTech.com for use of his music Bossa Antigua and Tech Live. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. And thanks to Shane Saldinger and Highway Robbers for their great song, Freedom, RV Dream.